It's Thursday, July the 22nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Nord Stream 2 agreement struck, and Republicans withdraw from riot committee. First, the world in brief. America and Germany came to an agreement over Nord Stream 2, a pipeline to run from the Russian Arctic to Germany. The White House was worried that the $11 billion project might enable Russia to squeeze Central and Eastern Europe, which depends on pipelines of its own. Under the deal, Germany promised to retaliate should the Kremlin attempt to weaponize Europe's fuel supply. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican's leader in America's House of Representatives, withdrew all five of his nominees to the panel charged with investigating the storming of the Capitol on January 6th. A partisan feud escalated after Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic Speaker of the House, rejected two of Mr McCarthy's picks on the grounds that they have already sought to undermine the integrity of the investigation. The reported death toll from floods in China's Henan province rose to 25 as authorities worked to contain the impact of a deluge that displaced 100,000 people. The army blasted a dam to release a build-up of water that was threatening to wreak yet more destruction. However, President Xi Jinping admitted that implementing further flood prevention measures was proving difficult. The European Union said it has no intention of renegotiating the Northern Ireland Protocol, despite the British government's plans for a, quote, significant change to that part of the post-Brexit trade agreement. David Frost, the Brexit minister, said disruptions to trade with mainland Britain could damage the union, but that the government would not unilaterally suspend the protocol. Britain will pay France £54 million, $75 million, to fund patrols to catch illegal migrants crossing the English Channel in small boats. On July 19th, 430 people made the journey a new daily record. The British government is also proposing to make arriving in the country without permission a crime, which it hopes will deter people from attempting the crossing. Natural disasters cost insurance companies $42 billion in the first half of 2021, a 10-year high, according to Aon, an insurance broker. Extreme weather events that hit rich countries are more costly for insurance firms. 72% of global insured losses came from America. The bulk of those costs, $15 billion, were linked to the deep freeze that hit parts of America in February. A firm in South Africa reached a deal with Pfizer and BioNTech to handle the final stages of manufacturing their COVID-19 vaccine in a bid to improve the supply of jabs across Africa. But the BioVac Institute in Cape Town won't begin producing the doses until 2022. Less than 4% of South Africans over the age of 12 have been fully vaccinated. And fact of the day. Five. The number of minutes a male runner could shave off his marathon time while wearing the Nike shoes Vaporfly. And now, here's today's agenda. Blind Ballot – Biden's Infrastructure Deal Can you vote to discuss a deal that does not exist? That is the ontological question Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader in the Senate, put to the chamber yesterday. The answer was no. 
Republicans unanimously blocked an effort to advance discussions on the bipartisan part of President Joe Biden's infrastructure plan, on which fervent negotiations have dragged on for weeks. The optimists' view of the setback is that it is temporary. Republicans were reluctant to support non-existent legislation, but some centrists say they will be ready to progress on Monday when they believe discussions will be more advanced. They may even have the requisite 10 to overcome a filibuster. But the pessimistic view is that the vote augurs trouble ahead. Voting to advance discussions and voting actually to spend $600 billion are two different things. And as talks stall, the far harder task of securing a $3.5 trillion infrastructure package looks even more daunting. What's up, docs? Hong Kong's new privacy law. During the pro-democracy battles that rocked Hong Kong, doxing proved a potent weapon. In the first half of 2019, there were nearly 5,000 reported instances of internet users publishing personal details of people they deemed enemies, particularly police officers. Privacy laws proved feeble. Still, critics say the anti-doxing legislation working its way through the territory's legislature goes too far. If passed, offenders will face up to five years' imprisonment for a crime which has been, perhaps deliberately, vaguely worded. Many worry it will be used arbitrarily to squash content the government doesn't care for. Such fears are well-founded. The national security law imposed in 2020 was similarly fuzzy, and assurances about its limited reach were quickly forgotten. With the doxing law, a government-appointed commissioner will be able to investigate cases anywhere in the world. Social media firms worry their employees could be held responsible for users' content. Locals fret that Hong Kong is being gradually snuck under China's Great Firewall. Crystallizing the vision, the ECB meets. Today, the Governing Council of the European Central Bank will meet for the first time since the bank unveiled its new strategy on July 8th, following an 18-month review. That introduced a symmetric inflation target in place of a 2% inflation ceiling. In other words, the ECB now views deviations below and above 2% as equally undesirable. It also means that monetary policy decisions will place more weight on climate risks and some housing costs. Markets will be watching today's meeting closely. Christine Lagarde, the ECB's president, has signalled, quote, interesting changes. Few analysts expect a loosening of monetary policy, which creates questions about the bank's ability to keep inflation at a persistent 2%. The new strategy also specified that monetary policy will be more effective if it is widely understood. Accordingly, Ms Lagarde promises that at today's press conference, the introductory statement will at least be delivered in, quote, plain English. Where the chips are down the Big Mac Index. A Big Mac in America costs $5.65. In Vietnam, it costs 69,000 dong, worth $3. The Economist has collected patty prices for 35 years, but not as a shopper's guide. The fact you can buy a burger's worth of dong for 47% less than a burger's worth of dollars suggests the dong is undervalued. America's Treasury certainly thinks so. 
In April, it told Congress that Vietnam, Switzerland and Taiwan were using, quote, potentially unfair tactics to lower the value of their currencies. It pushed Vietnam to change its ways, and this week the two countries reached a deal. Vietnam will gradually float the dong more freely and be more transparent about its currency market interventions. Low-cost burgers seem less appetizing when you consider their context. The cheapest we could find is in Lebanon. The currency there has collapsed so dramatically on the black market that £22,000 buy a dollar. Consequently, the Big Mac costs the equivalent of $1.68. Ring lights at the ready. Lessons in TikTok fame. What does it take to go viral? Britain's first TikTok pop-up opens today at Westfield, a shopping centre in London, and claims to have answers. At the For You house, budding creators can learn to edit, watch challenges and practice dances. Popular British TikTokers will host masterclasses. Slots to book the house's four rooms for private filming are sold out for the duration of the 18-day run. Westfield is not the first to market a social media pop-up to aspiring influencers. In 2018, a selfie factory opened in Brighton, offering Instagram-friendly backdrops for visitors. The sets, which include a giant plastic elephant and a bath filled with pastel balls, now have a permanent home at the O2 Arena in London. All-day passes cost £49.99, $68. With landlords looking for inventive ways to fill vacant retail space after the pandemic, this latest venture is unlikely to be the last. Summer Quiz Can you beat our baristas? Would you like to challenge our baristas in a test of general knowledge? A daily question will be posed here Monday to Thursday. The first listeners, one each from Asia, Europe, Africa and the Americas, to email editor-espresso at economist.com today with all four correct answers and the theme linking them, will be named and celebrated on Friday. Include your home city and country. Thursday. Anthony Mackie is set to play the Marvel hero Captain America. Which Marvel hero did he previously play? And what theme connects this week's quiz questions? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Emma Lazarus, who was born on this day in 1849. Poetry must be simple, sensuous, or impassioned. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.